Genesis chapter 32, if you would. And uh, you know what? I, I looked at the platform tonight. You realize that all of the music, including the song leading, was done by young people that have been brought up in this church. What a resource and a privilege we have. That's a, that's a blessing. I, I appreciate it so much. And uh, the music is good music. If you're looking for, you know, you say, Pastor, what kind of music should I listen to at home? Same kind of stuff you hear right here. It's good stuff. Amen. All right. Well, the, the, the message, the character that we're going to look at tonight, we're in Genesis chapter 32, is Jacob. And really, that song so applies to Jacob because he came to a point where he realized that, listen, I desperately need the Lord. And we're going to take a look at that this evening. Genesis chapter 32, and let's all stand together if you would. We'll read verses 1 through 12. You read along silently as I read aloud, and if your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, allow them to look on with you tonight if you would. Genesis chapter 32 and verse 1 says, And Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's host. And he called the name of the place Mahanaim. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, unto the land of Seir, the country of Edom. And he commanded them, saying, Thus shall ye speak unto my, unto my lord Esau, uh, Thy servant Jacob saith thus, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed there until now. And I have oxen and asses, flocks and men servants and women servants, and I have sent to tell my lord that I may find grace in thy sight. And the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to thy brother Esau, and also he cometh to meet thee, and four hundred men with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that was with him, and the flocks and herds and the camels, uh, into, his, into two bands. And he said, and said, If Esau come... If Esau come to the one company and smite it, then the other company which is left shall escape. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which uh, saidest unto me, return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant." For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I am become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau. For I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the, and the mother with the children. And thou, thou saidest, I will surely do thee good, and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you. For what we've heard tonight through music, thank you, Lord, for how you've prepared our hearts already. And now, God, we pray as we come to your word, may we come to your word with humble hearts, with open hearts, with hearts that are good soil on which the word of God can fall. And God, we pray that you would speak to our hearts tonight about a very, very important subject. And it's a subject that, that Jacob understood and he knew he got to a point finally 
where he realized that, uh, Lord, if you didn't intercede for him, if you didn't, if you weren't strong on his behalf, if uh, you didn't stand up for him, he would be in serious trouble. And really, his, his attitude toward you was, Lord, I need you. And Father, I pray that as we take a look at how he came to you and how he was able through his approach and through his heart to access the power of God in his life. We pray, Father, that you'd help us to see just how desperately we need you as well and how desperately we, we need to access the power of God in our lives so that our lives would bring honor and glory and praise to you. We pray that you would bless this, this time together in your word and may the word of God go out with power and have free course in this place tonight for us in Jesus' name that we pray. All God's people said, amen. You may be seated. I'm preaching tonight on, on accessing the power of God in your life. And this is exactly what, what Jacob knew that he needed to do. Jacob was a mess. You read through about the life of Jacob and, and the, the various things that he pulled in his life. He was, uh, you know, he was in the field when his brother came out one day and uh, he had made some pottage. Basically, it was like, like a bowl of chili. And uh, his brother was hungry and he wanted it. And he said, well, give me your birthright and I'll give it to you. And so he did. He, he really disdained. Uh, Esau did his birthright. He was the firstborn. And because he was the firstborn, there were certain blessings that he would get because of that. But he sold it for a mess of pottage. But again, uh, his brother, instead of caring for his brother and saying, listen, I'll just give it to you. He, he, he sold it to him so that he could get his birthright. Uh, later on, uh, he lied to his father and stole uh, the blessing that Esau should have had. And, and, and really, he lived up to his name. The word Jacob means supplanter. And supplanter means to undermine or overthrow. And that's exactly what he did. And he did it with his own power, and he did it with his own strength. And he finally came to a point when he was getting ready to confront Esau for the first time in uh, over 20 years, that uh, he realized that, that he so desperately needed the power of God in his life. And he was afraid as he, as he began to, to get closer and closer to confronting his brother. The last time he saw his brother, uh, he was, he, he was uh, uh, going to kill Jacob. That was his because, because he had stolen his, his uh, blessing from his father under false pretenses. He, he played to be uh, Esau, and uh, uh, so the father mistakenly uh, gave the blessing to Jacob instead of giving it to Esau. And when, when, he, when, he, when he did that, he, again, he did it under false pretenses. He acted as if he was his brother. And so... After 20 years, they're getting ready to, to confront one another again. And, and uh, what Jacob does is he divides his entourage. Uh, he, he divides his family into two companies. And he puts Leah and her children in the forefront and her handmaids, and then Rachel in the second. 
Well, and then he, he said, and we read this just a moment ago, where it said, well, if he, if he smites the first company, then the second company can take off. Well, that had to really make Leah feel good, amen? Uh, you know, she, she was out in the lead, and she knew that she was not as loved as, as, uh, as Rachel was. And so there were just all kinds of conflicts, I am sure, that were going on within that family at this time. Look down with me, if you would. Uh, look back to verse 4. It says, He commanded them, saying, Thus shall you speak unto my Lord Esau. Thy servant Jacob saith thus, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed there until now. Now he called his brother Lord and he called himself thy servant, thy servant Jacob. Um, he never spoke to Esau like that before. But he was between a rock and a hard place. He was in a desperate situation. And God, God leads us to these kind of moments in our lives where we get desperate, where if God doesn't intervene for us, we're going to be in some serious trouble. And I, he does this so that, so that he can humble us and remind us just how much we really desperately need God and how we desperately need the power of God on our lives. And, and notice uh, it, how it takes, really it takes this trouble to get Jacob's attention. And uh, look down, if you would, with me again in verses 9 through 12. In verse 9, he says, Thus God uh, hath taken away the cattle of your father and given them to me. No, I'm in the wrong chapter. Here we go. Verse, uh, verse 9. Verse 9 says, And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the, the Lord which saidest unto me, return unto thy, thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal, deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I am become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. And thou saidest, I will surely do thee good, and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude." Now again, you don't hear Jacob talking like this any time previous to this. But when he comes to God in, in this prayer, he comes to God with, with great humility. He knows he's in trouble. In verse 9, he reminds God of his command. And in verse 10, he says that he's not, not worthy of the least of all of his mercy. He says, the least mercy that you could possibly give me. He says, I'm not worthy of it. Verse 11, he asked that God would deliver him and help him through this time. And then verse 12, he reminds God of his promise that he, that he would be with him and that he, he would bless him. Now I want you to look with me down. We'll skip over to verse 24 and we'll read verses 24 down through the end of the chapter because this is the night before Jacob finally uh, meets Esau, his brother. And it says, and, and Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. 
And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? Now, that's the same question that Jacob's father asked him when he lied, and he said that he was, he was, he was Esau, not Jacob. And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Penuel, the, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that, that shrank. One thing you've got to give Jacob is Jacob highly valued the blessings of God. Now, up until this point, he did not use ethical means to get them, okay? Uh, he, you know, when he, he uh, uh, bought uh, Esau's birthright for a, a mess of pottage, that was not necessarily an ethical way to get that blessing. When he, when he lied to his father and feigned because his father was not able to see very well, and he feigned to be his brother, uh, again, uh, he used an unethical method, but the one thing you got to give him credit for is that he does highly value the blessings of God on his life. And, and you see that especially here, and look down in verse 26, he said, let me go for the day breaketh, and he said, the, the angel said, let me go, and he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. So he was tenacious on this thing, He's saying, listen, I'm, I'm not going to let you go because I so desperately need the blessing of God upon my life. And it was here that he obtained power with God. And, and you know, I'll tell you, it's a, it, these kind of stories about people that have so many frailties and so many faults and so forth are a blessing to me because I've got a lot of frailties. I've got a lot of faults. So do you. And yet, if they can get power and favor with God, in spite of the problems that they had in their lives, then you and I can get favor and power with God in spite of the problems that are in our lives. And it doesn't come by physical force or by mental excellence, and it's not something that's earned. You don't get the power of God in your life because you have earned that power. Take your Bibles, keep your finger here, but go to, uh, go to the book of Job, if you would. Job chapter 22. Job chapter 22. In Job 22, look in verses 2 and 3. Job 22, 2 and 3. Can a man be profitable unto God? as he that is wise may be profitable unto himself. Is it any pleasure to the Almighty that thou art righteous? Or is it gain to him that thou makest thy ways perfect? You know, the, the bottom line is, is that God doesn't need anything from us. 
but we need something from him. And one of the things we need from him is to have his power active in our lives. And uh, it doesn't come through rituals. It doesn't come through special phrases or particular prayers that you say over and over again in repetitive prayers in order to get the favor of God. That isn't, that isn't how it's obtained. Uh, the truth of the matter is, as saved people, if you're here tonight and you've trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, you know for sure you're absolutely positive that, it, that today if you died, you'd go to heaven because you know your sins are forgiven. You came to, to Christ admitting you were a sinner and on your way to hell. And the only way you could possibly have your sins forgiven is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and believe on his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And when you did that, when you repented of your sin and trusted him as Savior, uh, he gave you eternal life. Well, as I said this morning, he not, he not only gave you eternal life, he gave you his spirit. And the spirit of God came into you and is now abiding in you. You carry God with you everywhere you go. The Bible says that, that uh, Jesus said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Well, he fulfills that promise through the spirit, uh, spirit of God that the Bible says our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And uh, uh, understand that you already have that power. We're not talking about, about, uh, about getting the possibility of power. You've already got it. But are you accessing it? Are you using it? Uh, is it? Is it freely available to you? Well, the answer to that is yes. But we, ha we have to come to God in the proper way and with the proper heart and with the proper spirit in order to get it. Um, this, last, this last winter, as, as most of you know, I had, I had a knee transplant. And really, uh, you, you, you take a look at at this last winter, like previous winters we've had for about four or five years now, we really haven't had really terrible winters. I think, I think uh, you know, we have gotten our snowblower out maybe five or six times, maybe for the whole year. Uh, it, it just really hadn't been that bad. But obviously, uh, from January 12th and actually even before that, because my knee was so bad. Uh, from January 12th on, I wasn't going to use the I wasn't going to use the snowblower. I wasn't going to go out and shovel shovel the snow. So my daughter decided that she was going to do that. I appreciate her doing it. But when she first started doing it early on in the winter, she didn't know how to use the snowblower, and so she would go out with it with a shovel, and and use the shovel. There came a point where she said. I'm going to learn how to use this snowblower so that, so that I don't have to just, you know, use a shovel all the time. I'm doing it with my own strength and I don't need to. I, we've got a snowblower I can use. So she, she went online. She, she figured the whole thing out. She got out there and she used it. You know what she did? She accessed the power that was there. You know, you know what I feel like so many of our lives are? We're using snow shovels when we've got the possibility of using a snowblower. Uh, you know, what, what would you characterize the power of God in your life? Is it a snowblower or is it just a shovel? And you're basically doing most of the work. Uh, the truth of the matter is, the Bible says we have access to the power of God in our lives. And we can, we can use that power and we can access that power. But we've got to approach God 
in a proper manner. And what you find and what we, what we see in the, in the life of Jacob is how he went from a guy who did things his own way, was a supplanter, uh, you know, uh, did things in his own power, and then later came to the realization, this doesn't work. I've got I've to see God's power in my life. I, I desperately need the Lord to be strong on my behalf. And it was that confrontation with Esau that brought him to this, this realization. So the question is, how do we, how do we access the power? How do, we, how do we get that power that is there for us to use? Well, I, I believe that Jacob shows us kind of step by step uh, exactly how to get that power and use it in our lives. Look down in verse 24. Verse 24 says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. First of all, you got, you got to spend some time alone with God. Get rid of the disturbances. Get rid of the interruptions. You know, don't go in the middle of the living room with a TV blaring. Find yourself a private place. Shut off your phone. Uh, shut off anything that would, that would bring any disturbances into your, into your time with God. And just concentrate on some personal time with the Lord. We ought, to, we ought to be doing that on a daily basis where we just get alone with God. But just getting alone with God alone isn't enough. Look back, if you would, with me to verses 9 and 10. Verse 9, and this is really the beginning of it. Now, he wasn't with the angel at this point, but he, his heart was getting prepared. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, the, the Lord which saidest unto me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I am become two bands. Uh, he had to come to God, and he had to come to God with a humble heart. Uh, trouble, again, is designed to bring us to that point. God allows trouble to come into our life so he can humble us, so we can realize just how desperately and just how, how, how much we need the Lord. And, and he came to him not demanding anything, but he came asking for things. He came telling God, saying, listen, I'm not worthy. But basically, you know what he did? He came to God and said, I'm a mess. <laughs> I'm a mess. You ever felt like that? You ever come to God and just say, God, I'm a mess. And you know, I don't, I don't deserve a lick of your attention. I don't deserve a lick of your care. I, I, you know, I, I just don't, I, I don't deserve even being able to spend time with you like this, person to person, face to face. But yet, Lord, I ask that you be merciful to me. I'm not worthy of the least of your mercies. And that's exactly what Jacob said. And I, I, I don't believe he was just going through the words. He meant it with all of his heart. Then the next thing that he did, look down in verses 25 and 26. Verse 25 says, when, And when he prevailed not against him when he was wrestling with the angel, 
he touched the, the uh, hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And that's the angel speaking, and, his, and it says, he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. No matter what happens, we need to come to God and resolve not to give up. Uh, you may have problems that have just inundated you, and every time you go around the corner, you feel like you're getting a two-by-four right in the forehead. But regardless of that, don't give up on God. God hasn't given up on you, and don't give up on him. Uh, when, when he went through this struggle and told him that he was not going to let go and, and, until he blessed him, it says that the angel touched the hollow of his thigh. You know what happened from that day forward? From that day forward, you always knew when Jacob was coming into a situation because you could hear him dragging his feet, his foot, not his feet, but his foot, because he had one bad leg. He had that bad leg for the rest of his life. But you know what that bad leg reminded him of? Reminded him how he got a hold of the power of God. And how God was special to him. And how God was a special blessing to him. And you know what? You don't, you don't find anywhere in the scriptures where, where uh, uh, Jacob ever, ever complained about this thing. Uh, he, he had that problem from there on. But you know why, why that took place? Because he said, I am not going to let go of you, God, until you give me the blessing. In other words, don't ever quit on God. And, you know, Jacob had a lot of problems. <laughs> he had a lot of character flaws. But one thing that he had that went for him strongly was that he believed if he just prevailed with God, just stuck it out, that God would bless him. And that's exactly what he did. And then the, the next thing that he did, look down in verses 27 and 28. He said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel, for as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. <clears throat> I believe this was, a, this was a moment of repentance. This was a moment of realization to, to Jacob that up to this point he had lied, and particularly when he was with his father, and his father said, Who art thou? And he said, I am Esau. Uh, he wasn't Esau, and he knew he wasn't. And now the, now the angel says, okay, who are you? Who are you really? And what he said was, he said, my name is Jacob. And of course, Jacob means supplanter. He says, I'm the overthrower. I, I'm the guy that finagles things. And the angel said, no, not after this. After, after this, uh, you're going to be a prince that has power with God. And and." What Jacob did was when he came to God, he spoke honestly. Now, he, didn't, he wasn't honest when he was with his dad, but he was honest when he was, when, he was with, when he was with God. And when you go to the Lord in prayer, be honest with God. If you've got fears, tell him what your fears are. If you've got misgivings, tell him. If you have doubts, tell him. Now, the truth of the matter is he already knows it. You say, well, he already knows it, so why should I tell him? Because he wants to hear you admit it. And that's exactly what Jacob did. He admitted who he was. He admitted his faults. He admitted his failings. 
and, uh, and, and God, God heard that and blessed him because of that. So it, it just admit to God what you are. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In other words, we go to God and we admit what we are. We admit what we have done before him. And, and God not only forgives our sins, but he forgives our sins because he's faithful and he's just. We're often not faithful and we're often not just. He always is. And if we're just honest before God, one of the things that I, I so appreciate about the book of Psalms, and particularly, He was honest before God. That's what God wants us to do with him, is to be open and honest. And that's, honestly, that's, that's all part of humility. And then the other thing that you, that you notice as you're, as you're looking into that, and we're getting a little view of that confrontation that he had with God, is that he poured his heart out to the Lord. He poured his heart out to him. Uh, he didn't hold anything back. And he, he let him know. He said, look, I, I can't let you go. Uh, I so desperately uh, need your blessing upon my life, and I'm not going to let go of you un until, until you give me that blessing. And then, then the last thing that we see, and we already mentioned it a little bit, is that God, before he blessed him, he had to cripple him. And he crippled him, and he, he touched the hollow of his thigh, so that he could have the power of God in his life. And again, you, you look at this, at this circumstance and situation, you don't find Jacob ever, ever complaining about the fact that uh, he had the hollow of his thigh touched and therefore became weaker in his walk. He didn't complain because he valued the blessings of God and the power of God in his life more than being able to walk. You know, uh, one of the things we've got to ask ourselves, and just be honest, is there anything that you value more than God's power in your life? Um, there, you know, uh, again, it's, it's so sad when we have access to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Creator of the universe, and we have access to His power. And yet we don't use it. You know, is, is your life characterized by the power of God? Can people see power in prayer? Can people see power in the influence that you have on others because of your testimony and because God's working through you? You know, we, we sang a song uh, earlier. I don't remember if it was this morning or tonight. but We sang the song, Channels Only, Blessed Master, But With All Thy Wondrous Power. Flowing through us, thou canst use us every day and every hour. Is the power of God flowing through you? Do you have a desire to have that power? And again, uh, God had to bring God had to bring Jacob to a crucial 
point in his life where he might have lost his life. He didn't know what he was going to face when he went up against Esau. Again, the last time he was around Esau, Esau said, as soon as my dad dies, he says, I'm going to kill my brother. Uh, you know, he, he, had, he had a desire to end his life. And this was the man that he was coming to face to face. He had no idea what he was going to be up against. God will bring us to situations in our lives to, to get us to understand that, listen, this is crucial. You need God. Just like what the, the, the two young people sang earlier tonight. Lord, I need you. When was the last time you came to God and just poured your heart out to him and just said, Lord, I desperately need you. Now, you know what? You don't have to wait until there's a, a crucial uh, catastrophe in your life. You can, you can do that before that ever happens. Honestly, I think we would avert a lot of those situations if we just simply came to God with that kind of a heart. If, if Jacob had, had come to God with that kind of a heart long before this, he wouldn't have been in this position. But thankfully, God cared enough about Jacob that he put him in that position. And, you know, you look at that and you say, uh, you know, uh, what do you mean? God loved him, so he put him in a position where he felt threatened by his brother? Absolutely. Because that pushed him to God. And that pushed him to a point of desperation where finally he figured out, you know, that he needed the Lord. We've got a song that we sing around here. It's, I need thee every hour. Uh, we need him every hour, every minute, and every second of every day. The problem is we often don't recognize it. We often don't acknowledge it. Uh, do you value anything in your life more than the blessing and the power of God? Do you see how desperately you need to have that power so that God can use you effectively as a, as a testimony and as a witness? Do you personally see God working through you and using you because the power of God is in your life? You can access that power, but it's up to us to approach God with the right heart. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, if there is ever a, a day and if there's ever an hour when there was a need for believers to access the power of God, and to be a strong and powerful witness and testimony in this old wicked world, it's today. And Lord, I, I pray that you would impress upon our hearts individually, not, not corporately. I don't believe it starts corporately. It always starts individually. Yes, we need corporately your power in this church so that we can make an impact upon Auburn, New York, and upon the world. But Lord, it doesn't start corporately. It never does. It starts individually. And I pray, God, that you get a hold of our hearts tonight and help us to see just how desperately each and every one of us individually needs you. Maybe you have already brought some circumstances and some situations into some people's lives, and they've been struggling with them, and just, just, like, just like Jacob did, he struggled and struggled and struggled and then finally decided, you know what, I can't do this on my own. 
I can't do this in my own power. I can't do this without the blessing of God in my life. I can't do this without having the power of God in my life. And so he, he just held on and held on and held on and prevailed until, Lord, you gave him the blessing. God, may, may the power of God be that precious to us. May the blessings of God be that precious to us. May the promises of God be that real to us tonight. And may there be, be nothing that we would value more than having your power and accessing that power. We all have it if we're saved. We have it in our lives because we have the Holy Spirit of God in us. But that's not the question. The question is, are we accessing that power? And do others see the power of God in us? We pray that you would bless this invitation. Work in our hearts and help us to make decisions tonight that will bring you honor and bring you glory and cause us to approach you with a proper attitude and the proper spirit and with the proper mindset, realizing just how, how desperately, God, we need you because this world desperately needs to see people that are accessing the power of God in their lives. We pray your blessings upon this invitation. Please speak to our hearts and help us to say yes to you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.